0: Hey, I'm Jim Woods, and welcome to the Finish Your Book Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by StoryCrafting.net. Hey, everyone. I am here with Sean McCabe. He is the author of Book Overlap, and he is a fantastic speaker, Content creator, just an overall really, really smart guy. So, thanks so much for being with me, Sean.
1: I'm excited to be here, Jim.
0: We're going to talk a little bit about writing habits and how you can get that, you know, writing habit in place. And, Sean, you've been there, done that. You've written the book. You've written, you've said before, like millions of words each year, right? Plural, millions. And you've got that writing habit in place, but it wasn't always that case. And I know you were originally more of a night owl, right? Now you're an early morning writer. How, how did that happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I never thought of myself as a writer. I, I thought writing is something that writers do, and that's not something that, that's me. Um, but when I started looking at everything that I was doing, whether it was speaking or making videos or podcasts, writing email newsletters, creating courses, everything started with writing, no matter what, when I boiled it down, whatever I wanted to do, it started with writing. And I thought, I really better get a handle on this practice if I want to succeed in all of these areas. And you know, I was a night owl. I'm the oldest of 13 kids. So very, very busy uh, at home. And I started my first business living at home. And I would work late into the night, 12, 1, 2 a.m. because that's when it was quiet. That's when I could focus. I felt like that was my time, and so I, I just defaulted to night mode. I never liked getting up early. I actually still don't like getting up early, even though I do get up at four thirty now. Wow. Um, but I I decided, you know, I I heard all the people, you know, on things like this. Yeah, you got to wake up early. You know, it's great. Successful people wake up early. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I, I would look up stuff on Google, and I'd find articles that said no, you don't have to wake up early. You can work whenever you want. And I was like, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Uh, but I'm also really logical and data driven. And so I decided to do this experiment where I logged my output writing at night versus waking up early and writing. And I did that for about three weeks and I wrote nearly double the amount of words when I wrote in the morning when I woke up early. And I thought, well, I have two options here. I can, uh, I can say it doesn't matter and I can be right or I can go by the data and have a better chance at being successful. And I said, okay, I want to be successful more than I want to be right.
0: So well said. So it's like, do you want to be you want to have that success or you just want to be stubborn?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so I was like, all right, I better I better start waking up early and optimizing my day around writing because it must have just been that you know, you get to the end of the day, you've got all the mental baggage of the day and you don't have a clear mind. And so I just started writing out my topics beforehand. So the night before I knew what I was going to write the next morning and on my computer, I didn't have social media up and my email up. I would set it up on my writing app so that when I came into my office and logged in, it was right there and it was ready to go. So that made a huge difference for me, Um, just scheduling the, the do not disturb mode on my phone so that it would run until not just when I woke up, but a couple hours after I woke up so that when I woke up, I wasn't bombarded with notifications and email and stuff. I could just come in with a clear mind and just, you know, let the words flow. That
0: is so great. And now you essentially you gave yourself the topic the night before letting yourself just think about it, dream about it, your subconscious kind of guiding you a bit. When you got to it, you minimized all the distractions. You They weren't even there. There was no it, – it's almost like you just set yourself up to win, honestly.
1: Yeah, total focus because the, there's there's really, in my mind, two parts to getting that kind of focus that facilitates deep work. There's minimizing distractions as they occur. So your phone buzzes or a notification comes up on your computer – And you're like, okay, hide that, get that out of the way. Or someone knocks on the door and you're like, you know, I'll be there in a minute. You know, that's minimizing distractions as they happen. But I think the other part, maybe more important, is preventing interruptions from happening in the first place. So scheduling the do not disturb mode, uh, turning off the notifications, communicating with people in the house, your family, anyone who's there to say, this is my focus time. You know, I I don't want to be interrupted. And it's not... Not totally a selfish thing. I mean, yes, I do want to focus on my work, but it's so that when I'm focused on my work, I know that there's not going to be interruptions so that when I'm done with work, I can be with you. I can be with the family and I can totally focus on you. There's not a little piece of me that's like, oh, I wish I could have done more work. I didn't really get focus time.
0: Right. That makes a lot of sense. Now, what would you recommend for um, you know someone starting out? Because I'll admit it, like you, I'm more of a night owl and like, I have a lot of similarities with you because it's like I want to fight it really hard and say, no, I'm I'm artistic, I'm creative, I don't like boundaries, and I just don't think I function that well. Obviously, the data is a good start, right?
1: <laughs> well, okay, so let's be realistic. A lot of people listening right now, they're like, yeah, okay, another person tell me to wake up early. I'm not really going to do that, but that's cool for them. So. If that's where you're at, I would say um, utilize what I call the focus triangle. So you've got uh, the device you use, the location that you write, and the time that you write. So device, location, time. Three parts of a triangle. Uh, If you use any one of these, it's, it's really, really effective. But where it gets super powerful is when you combine them. So if you're going to write... Do you write on your phone? Do you write on an iPad? Do you write on your desktop computer? Do you use a laptop? Using a a specific device for your writing is going to help you snap into that focus mode because you just associate writing with that device versus maybe you play games on your phone or your computer. Uh, You know, it's harder to create that separation. So that's device. And then you have location. Do you write best at home with no distractions or in a coffee shop? Where maybe there's some ambient noise, but maybe there's actually fewer distractions than at home. Maybe it's in the living room on the couch with your lap. You know, it, it's finding that place that you write that that gives you the most focus. And then finally, time. And so a matter of just being consistent with these three things: uh, writing on my laptop in the living room at, if it's not 6 a.m., 6 p.m. or 8 p.m. You know, but something consistent. Um, I even go, so I'm a little crazy, but I go so far as to um, I've got like these uh, home kit enabled lights and, you know, different colored lights different and colored stuff. lights
0: and I, to go. With it, yeah.
1: Yeah. So like, you know, Pav- Pavlovian, you know, changed the color of the light and it's like, oh, that means I need to go over here and do this and do that. <laughs> so I just, it, you know, having things on a schedule, being consistent, even if you don't wake up early, just use a consistent device in a consistent place at a consistent time. That's going to be huge.
0: That makes a lot of sense. All those little wins, all that consistency becomes like a, like you said, a triangle. It's a foundation that you can build on. That makes a lot of sense. Now, what about when you were writing your book overlap? Did it look different? Did you have designated like book writing time versus your more free writing content creation in general? How did that, how did that work for you?
1: Oh man. So it was very different. Um, Okay. I don't know. i I'm I try to make it practical for people because I do tend to be a little extreme. Like, okay. all right, I'm gonna wake up at four thirty. I'm gonna right. so I set out to write my book in a month. But I actually set out to write three books in a month. <laughs> that was the pace I started at. So it was gonna have to be about I think it was eight thousand words a day. That's that's the pace that I would have had to write to write three books in a month. Long story short, I combined them into one book. But what I, the moral here is because I set out at that pace, I ended up writing my one book in 14 days. So it's 75,000 words. I wrote it in 14 days and I journaled the whole process, too. So the journal is not included in the word count. <laughs> and um, I, I'm a little extreme, a little crazy like that. But what, what I want you to take away from it is things take as long as the amount of time you give them. I said, this this is something that I need to do. A year before, I I was planning out my year, and I said, I'm going to take off July uh, of next year, and I'm going to write my book. And so I told my team, I told my family, and that was where I really started to optimize my day. You know, for several weeks leading up, um, to be able to start early and write early, I had to go to bed early the night before and stop my work on time, you know, not go too late into the night. Um, so during that month for me, my whole focus was writing this book. That was it. So it was kind of a marathon for me that that was a little, that was a little crazy, you know, asking about the book. But, you know, my normal day to day is like, you know, write write What ends up being about a couple thousand words a day. And I've heard people use challenges like, oh, write a thousand words a day. And and that's a cool challenge. But what I found is depending on your personality type. It may or may not work for you. So if you're the super like competitive type, you're like, yeah, I'm gonna write a thousand words and you hit it right on the dot. Uh, but if you don't end up making that and you're not that type, you think, I wrote 800 words, I didn't hit it. What's the point in doing this? And and you missed the whole point, which is write every day. You know, it was just a little silly challenge to get you to write every day. Um, a thousand words, awesome. You know, if you can do that, that's great. But more importantly. If you can write every single day and build the habit of that, that's really what you're going after. That's a great
0: point. Um, yeah. Sometimes we want to say I failed, quote unquote, by hitting 800 versus that thousand, but in reality, there wasn't failure. It's it it was succeeding, you know, by writing 800 words. So, that's a great point. And I wonder, as as you were explaining how you wrote your book, I wonder if some writers could even. Take that, you know, and say, okay, setting aside focus time, maybe it's a weekend, maybe it's one day, you know, but having you know, having a clear goal in mind, like you had your book in mind, or three books, but you you knew what you were going after and you set it up. I wonder for some writers if it's like, okay, and maybe it's not writing, maybe it's just editing. Maybe it's like, hey, I just want to go through my manuscript. I'm setting aside this day, I'm going to the library. It's my, you know, working time. I'm going to edit or I'm going to, you know, I, I think there's something to be said about that where it's like you're making it really crystal clear with your intentions.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, if you say, I'm going to write my book, you know, next year is the year I write my book. I mean, may, maybe you finish it, but, you know, to me, it's less about, you know, maybe you finish it, maybe you don't. It's more that it's going to take you a year, because you said I'm going to write it in a year. If you say I write it in ten years, it's going to take you ten years. You know, if you say a month, some people say, "Well, that's impossible. That's crazy." But you know, it, I proved that it's it's doable if you're really focused. So just yeah, setting aside time and saying, "Okay, who knows? Maybe maybe you have a time frame of I'll write my book in the next few years." Well, what if you condense that? What if you turn three years into three months? What would it look like to write your book in three months?
0: Now, you have a a quote that I I reread recently and I was like, oh, I need to chew on this one for a while because, you know, I think we all need to challenge ourselves. It was too many options, too much time and too much freedom will paralyze you. And I think that's kind of what we're really talking about here is too much time you know, too much freedom before you know it, that one book you're writing, you're you're like, you know what, I like this, but I've got another idea. Or I I want to do this and I want to do that. And I, I just feel like it's it's almost like the scope widens up and like you said, it's like it'll take however long you want it to, but if you really focus and hone in, instead of I mean, what would you consider the opposite of being paralyzed? Thriving? Finishing, accomplishing the goal.
1: (laughs) Right. It's kind of counterintuitive because you think, oh, creativity means freedom. If I have freedom, I can be creative, you know, all the room in the world. But if I give you, um, you know, if if I put you in a blank room, it's just white walls, you know, and there's every imaginable, um, you, you know, marker, pen, tool for you to write and create with. And I say, make a masterpiece. That's, it's really daunting because it's so much possibility. It's, it feels like a lot of pressure. Whereas if I said, okay, you've got this eight and a half by 11, you can use a blue marker, you can use a red marker, and I want you to draw a car crash at an intersection and you have 60 seconds to draw it.
0: Not so bad. Yeah.
1: Go. And then you're like, okay, well, I, I just box this in. I know what I need to do. I know what I need to execute. It can't be too detailed because I only have 60 seconds. And suddenly there's this clarity. You can be creative within that space. You, can, you, know, you, you can't think outside the box without a box, right? So like when you, when you box yourself in, you, you allow yourself to be creative. It's like, here, you come into this music store, you can use any instrument you want, and I want you to create me a hit song. It's like, well, if I could do that, I would be a millionaire, you know? But instead, if you've got a band that's playing in the key of G, and we say here that here's a keyboard over here. Uh, you know, in three, two, one, I want you to come in and riff. Uh, you know, play along with a melody. You know, that's it's more structure, and so it allows you to be creative. I
0: think in some cases, Sean, I think there's a fear component here. That it's, I think, I mean, even for me personally, when it comes down to it. I think there's always that fear component because you're creating. And it's always in the back of our heads like, will this be a success or will this be a failure? Am I wasting my time? And I feel like it's almost like it's a big lie because you're never wasting your time if you're you know, doing your best, using your gifts, enjoying yourself, trying new things. You're never wasting your time. But I think that's part of it. That's why it's like there's this... Will rationalize it and say, "I I don't I don't want to get up at four thirty. No, no, I want my sleep. No, no, I'll ra- I, no, How many of us have actually tried it? How many? I mean, most people never try it. So it's like, mm. or even with that, you know, the whole topic of constraints and boundaries. I think a lot of times it's like this fear of being locked in or you know, creatively stifled, if you will. And I think I think it's almost like we can. Really set this whole argument in motion before we've even really considered it, and i think I think you and I both have kind of mentioned it with the mm-hmm. whole you know i'm a night owl thing versus writing earlier in the morning
1: yeah, this is something i've I've been thinking about recently, actually, just talking to a lot of people who i mean my message for them is is pick a day what's your day of the week, and i'm not talking about like when when he, When you have the most fun, when you like to kick back. I just mean pick one day of the week. If you can't pick one, ask a friend. If you don't have a friend, I'll be your friend. I pick Wednesday for you, right? So you you get your day. That is the day you are going to ship something. You are going to publish something. You're gonna make something. You're gonna put something out into the world. And it's gonna be imperfect, but that's okay. Let the imperfections drive you to make the next thing better. It starts with a commitment. You know, it's this perfectionism that's really holding us back. That's what's creating the fear. What if I make something and it's not good enough? And you know, good good enough for who? Right? It's yeah. Define know, good enough, right? Oh, right. Do we <laughs> do we determine if our work is good enough, or d- does do other people get to determine that? You know, it's like what if something you thought wasn't good enough resonated with someone? I mean, I I think. Your, your audience, your potential audience is the one who gets to say whether or not what you made was good enough. Like, you, you've got to give that up. So start with a commitment. We think, oh, I don't want to create because I'm not motivated. But motivation isn't a source. It's a result of doing. It's a result of showing up. So when you commit to show up every day, motiva- motivation tends to come as a result of that doing. So you show up and then it's like, you know, you're feeling that you can't steer a parked car. Everyone's trying to they're they're trying to strategize, you know, oh, I don't know if I (laughs) want to do weekly. Even if I do is Wednesday the best day. It's right. Act first. Apply strategy to action.
0: And also, too, with motivation, confidence comes from doing as well and learning. And I'll be honest, I think part of this is it does come back to that perfectionism and just that fear of failure. Don't be afraid to fail. You didn't fail if you learned, if you're moving forward and growing. It's, it's called part of the creative process, right?
1: That's so true. I mean, you look at any story of success, it was failure until they succeeded. I mean, really, it's, it's only a true failure if that's the point at which you quit. Because otherwise, you, you know, I, like I was saying with the data, it's just data, right? This is a thing that didn't produce the desired results. So don't do that thing that way again. Don't make the same mistake twice. But hey, you figured out something, you know, you start doing something. I think I want to do this. And you find out I don't really like doing that at all. I just wasted all of my time. Well, did you? I mean, you found something that you don't like doing. That's kind of progress. Okay, that's not the direction I need to go. Now it's never something you wonder about again. You know. And you can you can move forward. What advice
0: would you have for that writer who has that half finished book on their hard drive and it's just sitting there, you know, collecting dust and every time they open their computer, you know, it's they might think of it just for a split second and, you know, it's sitting there and obviously it's harder to jump back in. It's hard to start something like that first time or to come back to it. What would you say to that writer?
1: I think sometimes if you know, if you just know deep down inside, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to finish that. I, I don't want to and I don't like it. I, I would say, hey, there's no, there's no shame in, in moving on. Like, I'm not going to say I can I can tell you some tips and tricks for finishing your side project. But if you already know that you're done with it, I think pretending to hold on to it is just going to give you an excuse to not do something because. It's like oh I got that one side I'll finish that one day and then you never do anything because you're never going to get to it so like I think sometimes you need to just kill the prod kill the old projects that you know you're never going to do again and start something fresh maybe that's kind of a counterintuitive weird thing um,
0: I like that I like it though and I, I I would even argue in many cases you're not necessarily killing everything you ha- might have a, a gem of an idea in there. It might be buried. It might you might have to search for it. But I think, you know, there might be something in there, just a little idea, that could sprout into something amazing. You know, in a in a new life.
1: I I agree with you. Yeah, look back at any of your past jobs or things you did if for for a living or vocationally that you didn't end up doing or wasn't your favorite thing. You still brought elements and lessons that you 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 know. Learned along the way to the next thing that you did, you know whether it's like managing people or learning about sales or you know copy editing, whatever. It could be random things from past jobs. You know, it's same thing with old projects. You're, you'll be able to repurpose that. Um, if you are going to finish it and you're just kind of procrastinating, uh, I would say uh, limit limit the features of it. So. You know, reduce the scope of it. Again, we're kind of boxing that in. If you don't feel like you you have a, a clear idea of it, maybe you need some more constraints. Um, and then I would say, set a deadline. If you have a deadline, you know that's going to help motivate you and you know make yourself accountable to someone. Check in with someone regularly. If uh, if you don't tend to follow through on your own, uh, you know, self-imposed deadlines. The way you know is, do you keep hitting snooze on your alarm yeah. clock? If so, then, you know, you probably aren't going to follow a self-imposed deadline without some kind of external accountability. The final thing I would say is um, be okay with shipping your book at 90%. And I mean 90% perfect. Not like there's a tenth of the book that is missing, (laughs) but the idea you have that is, this would be 100% perfect. If you're a perfectionist like me, then whatever 90% perfect is to you, it's probably better than what most other people are doing, what most other books are. And if you let that keep you from putting your book out into the world, I mean, it's such a shame to let someone who, they don't even care that much, and their book has all these typos, but they're just, they're shipping it out there, they're making more and more books, like, they're gonna win, right? Because they're putting it out into the world. So just lower that bar, lower that threshold a little bit for yourself too. perfect I'm gonna ship this at 90% that is
0: so great and so helpful because we are often our own worst critic and that could be it would be heartbreaking for someone to literally stop that far you're like inches from the finish line at that point and you're just nope no I'm just gonna stop right here right before instead of crossing so I think that's really helpful absolutely well, thank you so much for being with me, Sean, and I appreciate all of your insight. Thank you for sharing your stories and all of your uh, practical help, too, for building your writing habit. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Uh, if if um, people wanted to find the journal for like when I, when I wrote this book, Overlap, I journaled the whole process. Like every day I journaled the writing process. It might be interesting for people to see what it looked like to actually write the book day to day. Um, if, if you just like Google Sean West writing a book in a month You can find like a whole series on that If, if you're interested in like the process
0: stuff. That's great Now I'll include, that on the, I'll, I'll include that with this interview Sean And then people will have it right there Right below your interview That would be fantastic
1: Awesome You
0: bet Thanks for listening to the Finish Your Book podcast If you'd like some help with your book Whether you're starting or finishing or No matter where you are right now can go to storycrafting.net slash finish. Thank you for listening and I'll see you